Um, uh, Pastor Craig Rochelle says, successful people do consistently what others do occasionally. So I'm going to be talking tonight largely about discipline and, um, and going without something to accomplish a greater purpose. Now, dreaming without discipline is basically wanting others to fulfill your dreams for you by being more disciplined than you are. So unconsciously, I don't know if you know this, but when you got married, unconsciously, you handed the other person a box of your dreams and you're like, I would appreciate if you would work on these and be very disciplined about this. Well, I go do whatever I want. And then you check in with him every year or so and you're like, dude, you haven't done anything. And they check in with the box of dreams that they handed you and they're like, you haven't done anything with these dreams, you know? Yep. <laughs> Marriage counseling is open. Scan the QR, QR code. Um, now God... God's dream fulfillment is metered out, you ready for this, as your discipline rises. It's metered out as your discipline rises. Uh, I'm going to be preaching about the life of Joseph. Remember the first dream that he had? Well, the dream was kind of about Joseph. He didn't really realize that it was about saving his brothers. He thought it was about rising in ascendancy over. Well, a dream without discipline makes you think that it's about you. And so that's going to be real tricky because God will give you a dream that helps other people. So, um, you know, when I was in Youth with a Mission, when I was 18, right out of high school, I thought I was going to be like a world-class preacher, like, you know, by 19. At the... <laughs> Ushers, can we get, get rid of the troublemaker sitting by himself back there who looks like my dad? And my dad wanted me to get a job in the trades world because he somehow knew that I needed discipline. <laughs> and he was tired of doing it. And I realized, you know, the preaching dream has come true in some regard. But when I was, you know, 18, I thought that this thing was like a two years away. Well, the reality of it is I neither had the discipline nor the character to do the things that we're, we're doing now and we're able to do now. But I learned, um, I learned a lot of uh, discipline. Isaiah chapter 58, um, the prophet says, um, and God, he's speaking for God, is this not the fast I have chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens. Did anybody come in with burdens? You're looking ahead of this year and you're like, last year was okay, but like, if I could just undo some heavy burdens, if I could just get rid of that thing, my tendency to, if I could just get rid of, not my family member, just get rid of the thing that irritates me about them so much, you know? To undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. That is what we're talking about when we're talking about prayer and fasting in 21 days of denying yourself certain things. And I'm going to talk about the layers that you need to get into to deny yourself certain things about prayer and fasting. But first I wanted to do, I invited these guys on stage, just come forward a little bit. And we're going to go through... Um, now, I don't know how you feel about the Enneagram. It's just another personality test about the drivers of people. But I wanted to kind of go through the different Enneagram types just in a, a 30 seconds each, just to understand that if you see yourself in here, um, every personality, every person is good at being disciplined about the things that they're good at being disciplined about. But then there's people like me, like I'm really good if discipline looks like this and I get to choose it. But then there's the things that I'm going to struggle with that I need to know before I get into 21 days of prayer and fasting because God is going to want me to up my discipline game in areas of my life that I'm not disciplined yet and how that's going to look for me. So if we're talking about like an Enneagram 1, let's say, this is not an Enneagram whatever test or whatever, but the Enneagram 1s are perfectionists. So who wants to handle Enneagram 1s? What are they good at? What do we love about the 1s? 
All right, yeah, so these are the improvers. These are the ones that always think that, um, well, let's get into it here. Uh, they're idealistic, they're very principled. They don't struggle with applying disciplines necessarily, but they struggle with giving themselves and others a break. And the pursuit of improvement causes them to really uh, set extremely high standards for themselves and the people around them. That's interesting. So in discipline, they might be like Over overly About what they fussy. see as being imp an improvement, okay. uh, reaching perfection. So, so and how, how else would, uh, say, a one is an organized type, right? A one is, if you're a one, you make lists, and then, and then if you did something that wasn't on the list, you put it on the list and check it off? Yeah. So, something not right. And you're, why would you put it on the list? That's more work. So, um, but that uh, struggle with perfectionism, right? But in the discipline that God would want a one to do, what would that look like, do you think? In so, so one of the things that ones need to be aware of is legalism. You turn that up. Do we know what legalism means? Legalism is like rules for rules' sake. Um, you can be legalistic about things, but forget that it's God who makes the rules. <laughs> Sometimes. They can be really good meditating on God's word because they want to know what's right yep. and good and true. Um, but sometimes they need to incorporate things like celebration into their lives to celebrate the things that are good, even when they're not 100% there and 100% perfect. Um, they need to learn to celebrate uh, little wins in their lives and sometimes journaling confession. So as we go into the disciplines of the different areas of our lives, keep that in mind if you're like a box checker and you're the organized one and that God might want you to like discipline uh, rest in and discipline and the Sabbath in and discipline in fun. And, you know, it sounds funny, but because all the sevens are like, we don't need to discipline fun. Um, well, we'll get to you guys in a second. Ones is, that can be really great for them. There's a lot of um, inner anger when things aren't. Is it on? Okay. When things just are turn right, her up a bit, please. Um, Thank there's you. a lot of inner anger, so sometimes like a nature walk and just being in the presence of God can be really helpful for one. Okay, number twos. What do we love about twos? Sean? Oh, my turn. All right. You guys wrote stuff down? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Maybe you should uh, yeah. do this. Yeah, uh, twos are the helpers. Uh, they just love serving people. And, uh, yeah, so they care a lot about people. Um, they're incredible friends to have. Um, in regards to personal disciplines, they may throw out their daily disciplines to meet the needs of a friend. So... Okay, so disciplines for two then, what, what they might struggle against is this idea of like priority discipline, right? Does that make sense? Like uh, with the two, would they be like, I need to meet the need of the person right in front of me mm -hmm. at the expense of their own personal, their personal needs, discipline um, or family maybe? Exactly. Okay. So are we aware of that? Are we kind of hearing that? Like some people, they just care so much about the person in front of them that they kind of tend to forget the priorities of the people that they're actually responsible for sometimes maybe. So so maybe it would look like that. Is there anything else that Renee is just like, I have so much more information about all of these. You don't? Okay. Uh, threes. What do we love about threes? Who's a three in here? Do we know? Tyler Dowell. Dowell's a three. Chad's a three. <laughs> Chad's. Who, I don't know. I don't know who else. They're like achievers. What are they? Oh, Chad. Chad is yeah. Uh, Chad so, only wishes he was an eight. We thought he was, but. <laughs> uh, type three. They're doers. Um, they have a strong inner drive towards achieving success. They tend to believe in themselves and have a natural confidence in their abilities. Um, and in regards to discipline, they're tempted to put the task before people um, and to cut corners in order to get to the finish line. Cheaters. 
Okay, so what would discipline maybe during a fast look like for an achiever? I think because they're so image conscious a lot of times, it could be a social media well, fast. Well, clearly not chat anymore. I, well, <laughs> I just love making fun of you. But You're, like a social media fast might so be good. something that would be good for an achiever. A social media fast? Yeah. Okay, And then also Sabbath. Or for everybody, sure. maybe. I'm just saying. For everyone. If you struggle with craziness. Ooh, Sean. Yeah, no, the Sabbath, meaning actually stopping activity. Stopping threes, stopping. Stop. <laughs> stop it. Threes, just stop it. Okay. <laughs> do nothing? Yeah. That's interesting, yeah. Um, now, for a four, what do we love about fours? Okay, so this type is creative, introspective, extremely bold. Uh, when they're inspired, they can make magic happen. It's incredible. Um, however, they're strongly moved by feelings and mood, which affects their discipline, habits, and productivity. So it can be, you know, going into a fast, this could be really interesting because often you don't feel like doing the thing that you've committed to do. Um, so keeping that in mind and being able to uh, have accountability partners is a huge thing for fours. Okay, cool. Gratitude. Gratitude's a big thing too for fours. They love to journal and express all their feelings, but like, bring gratitude and thankfulness into the mix of it. That can be a discipline in a time of fasting. Is there a lot of like introspection and thinking about yeah. self? Okay, that's interesting. Okay, yeah. Gratitude always gets us thinking out. Uh, now for fives, we don't know any fives, so let's move on to sixes. <laughs> All right, Renee is a five. Uh, what, what do we love about, well, this is weird. What do you love about you? What, what do, do you I think people should me? love about you? Thinkers, masters, masters of information. I, you should probably be five. <laughs> oh, okay, fine. Um, they're, Okay, privately excited about ideas and concepts. <laughs> or outwardly. Um, they can get lost in the palace of their minds. Um, <laughs> and it can inhibit them from taking their next steps. However, once they've made a decision to move in a direction, you can't stop them and they are highly influenced by information. I had a five in my life one time and I'm like, you're not hard to manipulate. And she's like, what? It wasn't Renee. I'm like, you're not hard at all. You just feed you false information. She's like, what? Who would do that? I'm like, well, I'm just saying. I'm like, I'm not going to do it, but I, it's easy. Um, all right, so what would a five struggle with with uh, discipline? So we're talking about discipline and fasting. What, Hold on. Yeah. Fives are basically oh. monks living monks. among us. Ooh. So Shots fired. <laughs> not all of them. <laughs> no, keep so going. So including, I think part of it is in the discipline of including people in it. Um, in whatever, sharing, sharing your knowledge with others. Um, not just sitting in, you know, like, wow, look at me. I'm, I'm ex they, can, they can run circles around people in, like, personal disciplines in regards to prayer, fasting, all those things. Um, but pulling people in. And even, um, you know, being there available for other people, sharing your information. They might be the smartest person in the room, but they're not smarter than everybody in the room. Yeah. And so maybe that's a thing to look at. Um, also, maybe the whole gas tank idea. Yeah. Uh, they have a conscious, uh, they're constantly watching their gas gauge of like energy in the day and like, I just can't, I just can't. And they're like already dreading and it's nine in the morning and they don't know if they're gonna make it till six o'clock. So here's what I would say, maybe a discipline for a five is like, hey, just pour out when God wants you to pour out and let God worry about it and trust people. Like people will pour into you as well. And so maybe it's an openness that way too. Um, how about sixes? What do we love about sixes? Oh, oh, I, got, oh, yeah, I got it. Okay, so uh, sixes. Uh, the loyalists. The loyalists, right. Yeah. They're, they're dutiful. <laughs> Didn't have that written down. Uh, warm. They have a quirky sense of humor. Uh, most of them, <laughs> yeah, most of them are living off the grid at this point. Or, 
Yeah, they're prepared, yes. <laughs> they're not attached to our electricity right now. They, yeah. They're doing their own thing. Yeah. Uh, they have a, a great sense of duty and are very reliable. And they're, because they're motivated to feel safe and secure. And they, they almost need to, uh, to work in, or they need to work in fun and relaxation into their lives. So. Right. And what else would be a discipline um, that you would think of? I think a discipline for sixes would be scripture memory because um, they contend towards anxiety. And so just fixing our mind on what Christ says. Is that the really driver cool. of the six? Is fear? Fear, yeah. fear is the driver of the six? Okay, interesting. On the negative side of things. Um, anxiety. That's interesting. Okay. Um, so disciplines. What other disciplines? I feel like, I don't know why. I've got some sixes in here. I feel like we need to touch on something else, but I don't know what it is. So... Microphone. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, they're the loyalists. Um, they can tend to either be extremely loyal or extremely skeptical of uh, leadership and authority, so they can be very suspicious. Um, something that can often help is uh, trusting in God, trusting that God has um, your best interests in mind, especially with the people that he's put over authority in your life, um, and realizing, you know, maybe everyone's not perfect at work or whatever, but um, trusting God in that process. And so, so getting quiet with God, because I think that the six, they can be the, like the most anxious people where they'll be alone, but they're just, their mind is just going a million minds a minute thinking about all these different things. And so just getting quiet. Yeah. And I think too, after you get quiet is like actually talking to someone about the things you're thinking so yeah. that you don't get stuck in your cycle of anxiety. Cause sometimes we don't see it. I'm a nine, but my tendency is towards six in stress. And so I understand it. Oh, I can talk about this now. I got it. <laughs> but t talking about it with someone else, talking through what you're thinking, to just to make sure that you're grounded. Yeah. Oh, there's so much I could say now. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, they tend to get way over here with their thoughts, like way over here. And uh, yeah, just to pull them back. If you can get that out early, it helps the correction process quite a lot. You know, little small corrections early. Uh, sevens, let's talk about sevens, the party people. Ah! The party people are like the other six that you just talked about. Nobody cares about them. Talk about the sevens and forget the I've next two. I've been waiting. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I've been waiting. So for the, the sevens, they're the optimists. They have tons of energy for whatever is fascinating them in the moment. So they have a short attention span. They don't want to do what they don't want to do. So that often has, uh, plays a part in discipline. Um, sorry. Uh, yeah, so something to consider is they need to build a life that considers the needs of others and having the big picture slash long-term vision in mind. Um, I'll leave it there. Yeah, yeah, that's good. If, um, if I'm doing a small group and I want people there. I don't have to talk to people. I just have to talk to a seven and then they'll get all the people there because they have a great way of pulling people. But on the discipline side of things, were you going to say something? For discipline, um, sometimes silence and solitude are good for a seven because it's so uncomfortable for them and it forces them to, right? It forces yeah. them to think If there's an stuff. uncomfortable situation, it's yeah. like, let's eat cake and yeah. we'll feel great. And then great. fasting because um, they're not depending on substances or experience even. It, yeah. it can even be the experience of things that motivates them. So fasting can be a really big um, discipline in this season. Pretty sure the sin of sevens is gluttony, but not necessarily food. It's just like everything. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. What do we love about eights on the Enneagram? All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Type eight. Confident, action-oriented leaders. Don't read this. I want it to be personal. 
they have a fierce amount of energy. <laughs> really, though, they act like Pastor Corey has more energy than, uh, than I ever have. At the, anyways, they don't mind um, rules and discipline as long as they're the ones making them. Uh, nothing drives them more crazy than bureaucracy and dumb stuff. <laughs> COVID was hard on me, guys, so hard. Yeah, um, I, yeah, that's true. I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind rules as long as they make sense and as long as I made them. So, um, so for me, discipline is allowing God to discipline me from the outside and putting voices that I obey. And so that's a huge thing. Um, I think for discipline for an eight, because we're rule breakers and we're the ones. You know, we can change the game. Um, accountability is a huge thing. Accountability rules those disciplines of like, hey, we're not special. Um, we're just sons and daughters of God like everybody else, and we are accountable, you know, for that. Is there anything else for um, eights? Okay. And the nines. The... Go ahead. What do we love about nines? All right. They're the peacemakers. Pastor so, Aaron's a nine, by the way. Um, so they're all about harmony and, and wholeness. Um, they, they fear conflict. Um, sorry. One second. Uh, yeah, they're generous, humble. Uh, empowering and non-judgmental. Um, you might be tempted to always think that they, they agree with you um, because they're so empathetic. Um, they get involved in other people's feelings. Um, but they're also extremely diplomatic and they, can, uh, they, t they tend to uh, maybe go to sleep um, to their own lives. And it takes a lot of energy for them to focus on their own lives and discipline. Yeah, let's do more of the bad stuff. <laughs> Uh, so how would, uh, how would a nine with discipline for fasting and, and for these 21 days? Okay, so the bad stuff, the sin of nines is sloth, and that's not necessarily like physical things, but it can be most often it's relational neg negligence. Um, so nines can check out easily if they're, especially to their own feelings, but also if they're feeling overwhelmed or in conflict. You've probably all seen it with me. Um, yes, we have. Discipline's needed. One of the things that's really good is fixed hour prayers in a time of prayer and fasting because it centers and calms you. So like setting three times a day, a time to pray and really um, focus and be in touch with uh, where you're at. And then Bible reading to be focused and diligent uh, because you can get involved in everyone else's life and ignore your own. Yeah, and for the nines, I think um, the discipline would have to be that God responds to faith and not need. And uh, nines are driven by the need of whoever is right in front of them. And uh, we have to understand God works through faith, and faith is uh, predictable in some regards. And we can build faith, and we yeah. can get people better results um, than by running around after everybody's need all the time. So, um, awesome. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Give me a hand, would you? All right, I'm just going to... Um... So, here's what we need to start with. What do you want... Like, what do you wish God would do in a perfect world in the next 21 days? If God could remove this tendency in my thinking or this habit in my emotions, if God could do something in my uh, marriage or in my family or in my relationships or in my career, if God could do something, what would it be? If God could break the family stronghold of pride or of like adultery or of, you know what I'm saying? Like there's some heavy stuff that passes down family lines. If God could break the depression off of my family line in the next 21 days. Um, so we start setting our, our goal to like, Lord, we're going to ask you for some things in here. And then we're going to do what only we can do. 
to see if you can do what only you can do. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to get everything that you want, and don't be like fasting for a bigger house. That's not what we're talking about. It's to loose the bonds of wickedness and to uh, bring freedom uh, to the captives. And so um, um, I, I think that you need a spiritual goal. That's really what I think you need. Like, you can fast to, you know, get a six-pack if you want to. To me, that's really only a part, you know. Like, I keep fasting, but there's a six-pack, and there's a few of them in there. And the, you can do that, but I think really what you need is a spiritual thing that will affect everything else. And that's the kind of a goal that I would just challenge you to start praying about before we get to Monday and see what, um, uh, what comes of that. There's a, a story in the Bible of the disciples trying to cast the devil out of, of uh, a person. And uh, the person, uh, the relative finally brought them to Jesus and Jesus cast the, the devil out. And then the disciples said, why couldn't we do it? And he said, this kind only come out by prayer and fasting. So that's an interesting thought. Like some things only come out by the disciplines of prayer and fasting. Because uh, I think you need the discipline so it can go out so that it can stay out. That's part of it as well. Because God can, look, God can snap his fingers and fix a problem, but you won't keep it. And God is not wasteful and God is not foolish and God does not enable more sin. And so that's why this dream of what God wants to do, it has to happen with our discipline and with a little bit of work on our part and a little bit of faith on our part so that we can actually keep those things. Now, there are three parts of fasting and discipline. There are three parts. You are three parts. So you are body and soul and spirit. So when we're fasting, think about fasting in three layers. Don't just fast and get disciplined in your body because that's still a failing grade if that's all that you did right? One third, 33%. Even if you got it right and you're in spin classes 14 times a week, you know what I'm saying? Like you can be weak in the spirit and it won't matter. And so, um, so there's body, soul, and spirit. Soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Now, um, 21 days of body discipline. I'm just going to give you some ideas of things to give up. You need to give up something. I think you need to give up a couple or three things probably. Uh, we're giving up quite a few things on this list. Um, there's things like I give up coffee or I give up caffeine or energy drinks, or I give up things that I like, things that keep me going, or I, I cut way, way, way back on carbs, or you know things that I like, I cut back on. Uh, we've just come through the Christmas season, so I don't need to go into that anymore. You already feel guilty because I saw you guys at the poutine table on Monday, so like we're there, we're all on the same page, no judgment. Um, how about things like snacking? Like I'm only gonna eat certain meals, or I'm going to deny myself a meal or two a week or a meal a day. If you really need a victory in something, go for it. You know, um, I'm only going to eat at these times, disciplined body. I'm not going to eat after eight o'clock. I'm not going to snack in between meals, stuff like that. I'm going to uh, fast, um, fast foods. I'm going to fast alcohol for 21 days. I'm going to fast smoking or vaping. Uh, if that's something that you do for, you know, I'm going to fast. I'm going to deny my body something so that I can concentrate and my spirit can get fit. And so um, I'm going to starve something so that something else gets stronger. So I'm going to feed something and starve something else, right? Um, I'm going to exercise five times a week, 25 minutes a day, or you know, like set some goals that your body needs to learn that it's not in charge. And that's what prayer and fasting is for. So that by the time your 21 days are up, your body's like, oh, you're right. It wasn't me. I'm an idiot. You know, um, here's one thing I think somebody needs to do. Wake up to an alarm every morning. And if you're not... If you don't have a job, you have to, people were designed to work. The Bible says, if you don't work, you don't eat. Now you might have a physical problem that kept you from a certain career. That doesn't mean that you don't work. Here's what I would say. Do you know how much work we have to do at the church? 
Like, it's good work. The youth group always needs work. Kids needs work. The building needs cleaned. I mean, like, we need to work. If I wasn't working in a job, I would be doing something every day, at least five days a week. I would be doing something and working hours. God would honor me and then I would probably get a job. I mean, that's how my life has kind of been. So waking up to an alarm clock every morning, whether you have to or not. Now, sleep in, but like if you've had two weeks off, you haven't woken up to an alarm clock in two weeks. So that's part of us. We were able to rest a little bit, not for like two weeks, but I'm just saying, wake up to an alarm clock, go to bed at a decent time. Um, show up when you say you will, no matter how hard it is or no matter how much you didn't want to. Show up, keep your word. Show up when you say you're going to um, work through sickness. COVID was not good for our mental strength, everybody, because it's like, if anything might be possibly wrong, stay home. Here's what I'm telling you. The word of God says, hey, show up at the church and let the elders lay hands on you and anoint you with oil and the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. So I'm saying you need to learn how to work through sickness again. Like when I was a kid, I, I, don't, I cannot remember missing a day of school. Well, it was a little bit different than back then too because it was like, hey, if you're sick, just go. And if everybody gets sick, then they're weak, you know. But I mean, it's like we learned mental toughness. We showed up. I cannot remember missing a day of school because I, my nose was running. And oftentimes it would just... Now report me to Alberta Health. They've all been fired anyways, so the new guys probably don't care. Okay. Um, am I allowed to joke about some of this stuff? Okay. Um, my body and its needs are not in charge. Um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not just what my body says that I can't do. And so I just want to give you that, just that, just that faith. Like, let's go. Like, we can do this. Denying your body gets you a leg up into the next challenge, which is harder. You ready? Your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Now, this whole idea of the soul is like, I need to give God my first, not the last of my soul. So my spirit, here's what we need to do. Here's the goal. My spirit, you heard Charlotte Gamble say like, David was talking to his soul. So what part of David is talking to his soul, King David? He's like, wake up soul. Like you need to rejoice in the Lord. You need to be happy right now. You need to be joyful. You have energy. You can do this. His spirit, that thing that connects you with God's spirit speaks to his soul. And by the end of 21 days, I want your spirit to be in charge of your soul and your body, your mind and your will and your emotions. I want them to crawl under that spirit because the spirit has the mind of Christ. The spirit knows what Jesus wants. The spirit has the power and the anointing of God. So my spirit has to command my soul. My soul does not speak to my spirit and inform my spirit, which means my mind, like my soul is the little lazy younger brother that wants me to do all the work around the house. I want to go at my brother Ryan right now. No, he's not lazy. I'm just saying, it's the thing that needs to come under and it needs to like get up and go to work and do what it's supposed to do. So um, now I learned discipline in the trades world. I was, my dad was laughing about that. That's where I learned discipline. I learned like, you got to get up and you got to work and you're going to get yelled at and your feelings don't matter as much as putting a roof over the, you know, your family's head, right? And so these are some of the things that I learned in the trades. So starve your soul. You need to start for your soul a little bit. Feed your spirit. It knows what's best for your soul. Your soul does not know what's best for you. Your spirit knows what's best for you. Your spirit is informed by the spirit of God. So let's talk about your mind a little bit. Starve your mind of connection with people who agree with you. Who only agree with you. Your mom. My mom loves me. My mom loves me. She thinks I'm brilliant. I need to hang around people who don't necessarily think I'm brilliant all the time. Now, my mom, you know my mom too. She will tell me exactly what she thinks about me at every given moment. So that was a bad example. I will not listen, listen anymore to fleshly minds for 21 days that don't have the mind of Christ. Even if they're Christians. 
Spurgeon says the worst kind of unbelief is an unbelieving believer. But I don't care if you can point out all the problems in the world if you can't fix any of them. And people of faith fix things and people of fear do not. And our minds, we have got to stop listening to fleshly minds that are spinning fear. If God hasn't called them to lead you, specifically you, then why are you listening to fleshly minds? God has given you a shepherd. If they're not your shepherd in, if they're not your shepherd at work, if they're not your shepherd in the home, if they're not like you're, they're just voices, guys, they're just voices and they're not shepherding your soul. God has anointed some to lead us. That makes sense. There's lots of pastors out there. You know who I follow? Pastor Peter Haas, because that's who God put in charge of me. I can't have 50,000 pastors. They have good things to say. That doesn't mean that I do all of those things. But I will do everything that Pastor Peter tells me to do because I'm a man under authority and I understand how this works. So um, anointed leaders don't hook you by speaking your fears to get you to follow them. They'll lead you with faith of where you could go. So just keep that in mind. Um, listen, can I just give you like just a little something just for you? I'm not worried if the government gets crazier than they are. I'm not worried about the government. Can I just tell you something? Because we saw what happened in COVID, right? That's hard for me to watch because there was a lot of injustice going on. It's very hard for my personality to watch. Then I had to come to a realization that if the government ever turns on the church, and it did a little, and it, society kind of is, if it turns on the church, if the enemy succeeds in persecuting the church, the church will explode like it has always done throughout history when the church has been persecuted. The persecuted church understands the grace and power of God like we don't. So don't lose faith and don't lose hope. Also, don't put faith in the government. Did you trust the government before that? I think we did. I think that's part of the problem. They're just people trying to make decisions in a bureaucracy that doesn't work because bureaucracies, they never work. And that's the problem with the world. Eights. <laughs> Can I say this? If society is mishandled by the government, if they are, that gives a Christian a work until we die. It gives us so much need to fill. It gives us advances of the kingdom of God like we've never seen. Don't worry about it. It's okay. God will sort it. God will take care of it. Now listen, I will ask the spirit to correct my thoughts. My thoughts will not be my God. My thoughts will not rule over me. The spirit will rule over me. Here's another one for just for your mind. I will not wake up thinking about myself. There's better things to think about. Um, let's talk about will a little bit. Um, I'll just move through this kind of quickly. Your will is kind of your discipline. Let's talk about like attitudes, like your will, that thing that like drives you and makes you do stuff. Okay. Um, I will speak and pray blessings for 21 days instead of arguing with people in my mind. Just try it sometime. Like it's liberating. They can't argue with you anyways because they're not there. Right? And by the time you get done with your argument, they're really dumb and you're really smart. And you're like, you know, of course you would say, but you're not arguing with a real person. You're just arguing with a thing in your head that looked like them at one time. You know what's better? You know what the Bible says? Bless your enemies. Like they're not even your enemies, most of them. You just made them your enemy because you can't stop thinking about them. Forgive. Bless. Bless your boss at work. They're not the Antichrist, probably. And if they were, then bless him too and pray the blood of Jesus over his house and for his kids. Come on. Um, I will not wake up grumpy. <laughs> so 
Some of y'all take so much energy to be grumpy. Oh my goodness. Burning calories. Some people, the only, I know some people, the only time they're happy is when they're not. It's confusing. Choose joy, speak life, be fun. Don't be the person that drains the room of energy when you walk into it. And then who died? Who got hit by a bus? You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, bring a little faith to a party. I will not, my will, I will tell, my spirit will tell my will. Like, hey, smart enough, you can be happy. You don't need to be full of fear and angry. Um, I will lean into relationships when they get hard. I'll stop leaning out. I won't gossip at work because I'm insecure about who I am. Be secure. Why do you care what people think? Work as if you're working for the Lord. It'll get sorted out. Uh, I will give my 10th to the Lord. This is a matter of will. I will give my 10% to the Lord. Not the last 10% if I can afford it. The first one, because that takes faith. I'm gonna, I, I would rather live in the spirit with 90% than in the flesh with 100. I will not roll my eyes anymore. I will not walk around the house and snort like a horse or other farm animals. I will act like a human. I will speak clearly and not mutter. What do you say? I will forgive quickly and then not talk about it. Here's some emotional discipline. My phone is not a human right. Social media is not a human right. People treating you a certain way is not a human right. A human right is like not to get shot on the street and to be able to work for food. Not that everybody at work loves you and is trying to help you find the real you. They're not. It's not a human right. Jesus bore a cross. He didn't consider it a human right to let somebody else bear his cross. You have the faith and power of God inside of you. Um, we, we actually lock our devices up at night, all of ours. Every device in the house we lock in the office and nobody touches them all night. I think that would be a great discipline for somebody. Your phone's always on the side. It's pulling you, it's drawing you, it's leading you. Uh, let's not be led by things like that in our emotions. Um, I will not walk into the room and want people to watch me and make sure that I'm doing good. You like that? I don't know who does that. I wasn't thinking of anybody, but. <laughs> I can't even do it, right? I'm not gonna walk into a room and hope that somebody asks me why I look sad. I'm not gonna walk into the room and suck all the emotion. Look, you don't have to be an emotional vampire anymore. Always be yourself unless you suck, then stop. <laughs> don't be an emotional vampire. Bring energy to the room. I am responsible for my emotional state. Nobody else can change my mood but me. God won't. You change it. It's in your will. Tell your spirit to, your spirit got to tell your will what to do. You having a bad day at work? That doesn't have to change your mood. You decided to change your mood. God made you powerful. You're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. Let's change it back. You can go through hard times. It's better to do it with a smile than to be all grumpy about it. I'm just telling you, like, go to battle if you got to with joy in your face. I know it's not all, always like that, but you can choose it. I will choose 
the emotions of the spirit. I will choose love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. I will choose these things. I will find something to apologize for. Your wife will tell you, you got lots. You don't have to be like, oh, was there anything this year? Um, I will pull my own weight in a relationship. I'll do my 50% and I'll not expect the other person to do it for me. I'll stop yelling at the dog. I will bless the dog. I will bless the dog in another house maybe, but I will not let it anger my spirit. I will not let be an angry person in my soul, I should say. My spirit is not angry at the dog. Um, my Lord and my own spirit do not accept self-pity. I'm not going to be a victim anymore. I'm not going to see myself as a victim. I don't want you to see me as a victim. I have all that I need. The Lord is my shepherd. All right, let's get to spiritual disciplines, and then I'll, I'll kind of close this, and we'll get back into a bit of music, and we're actually going to do communion here in a second. Um, spiritual disciplines feed your spirit, and as we feed the, feed the spirit first, then we start starving some of the other things, right? So I will add uh, five minutes to my Bible reading every morning. Five minutes. Like, you can spare the time, guys. We watch what you do with the rest of your day. Um, I will move my Bible reading from nighttime to morning. God wants the first. I would really challenge you about this. By the time you're reading at the end, you're mad at everybody, and you're reading it like it's for them. Like, if you'd have just, if my boss would have read that, then I wouldn't have had the day that I had. And God's like, if you would have read it in the morning, you wouldn't have had the day that you had. Because you didn't feed your spirit first. You didn't give the first part to the Lord. I will pray five minutes more. I will listen to worship music in my car instead of listening to people talking about things. Um, if you would listen to worship music instead of like watching all the stuff that you watch on YouTube about everybody's thinking, if you would listen to worship music, you wouldn't be worried about any of it. I'm telling you, the awe of God. Your mind gets closed when we don't have the awe of God. When we're not lifting our... I will pray the Lord's Prayer every morning. I will no longer submit to people with a bad spirit about them. That's all I'll say. I will partake in church every week. The first of the week, it's on the first day of the week, by the way. The first of the week belongs to God, not to anything or anybody else. I'm not going to give him the leftovers. I'm going to give God the first. I will calendarize church. I will calendarize first Wednesday. You don't think it's spiritual. It's extremely spiritual. I will calendarize small group. I will put it on the calendar and say a systematic yes to this because it's the most important and no to these other things because they're not as important. This is spiritual. It is the best family activity if you have a family that you can do. Take them to church, everybody. Um, I will stop coming to church for myself. I will come to serve others. Somebody needs to join the dream team. You're not serving. That's what the problem is. You just come with problems every week. If you were serving, you would come and help other people with theirs. And God would be like, all of a sudden your problems get a lot smaller. Um, now, as we take up communion, a prayer team, can we? are you guys handing communion out? Okay, thank you guys. Just go ahead and move about as you need to. Come on up, worship team. Um, as we take up communion, we need to understand that the Lord Jesus lived a very fasted life. And it's the fasting and the discipline of his prayer life. Now, you're, you're like, but he was God. No, no, he was tempted in every way as you are. He was tempted to eat too much. He was tempted to talk too much. He was tempted to look at something that he shouldn't look at. He was tempted in all ways as we were, yet without sin. He was extremely disciplined, and his discipline gave him the strength of shoulder and heart and will to carry a cross until his body gave out. To hang on a cross 
and not be bitter or angry or full of hate to hang on a cross and say, Father, forgive the very people. That's you and I, by the way, because our sins put him there. He came to pay the price for my sin. My sin is why we hung a criminal, a perfect man on a cross like a criminal. And we start understanding his disciplines were what God poured power and anointing into. And as we take up communion, can we take it up with this in mind? It reminds us, communion reminds us that even our bodies and our blood are supposed to serve the purposes of God. Jesus' body was broken so that you could have healing. His blood was spilt so that you could have redemption and forgiveness of sins. And so as we sing, that's the power. Um, if you just, uh, you know how the communion things work? There's just two layers. The top layer you just peel off and the little wafer is under there. Take it at your own when it works for you. The next layer is a little trickier. Try to get that open. I tried one this morning because I needed to take communion this morning and I just about got that all over myself. So if you have struggle with it, just go and they'll give you a new one. We're not giving you a new jacket. You can spill on there. And so let's just, um, let's just take a moment and uh, let's start this next song. Are we ready to go, guys? Okay. Let's start That's the Power and take communion. And as you take communion, can we do it with this in mind? Jesus came not to, to be served, but to serve. I exist not to be served, but to serve. And Father, would you reveal to every single person here in the next 21 days what disciplines you want us to establish in our, in our bodies, in our souls, in our spirit, so that the Lord's voice can get louder and everything else can get quieter.